Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. Over the last few years of producing uh, our Liberty and the Law podcasts, we've often focused on some very specific aspects of the law, in many cases even devoting discussions to individual cases, uh, especially those that might be in the appellate or even Supreme Court lineups. Um, and, and, of course, uh, Lavelle Law Attorney James Dore is the one who shares information on the various aspects of criminal law that, that um, can help us. And we will you know, also look at much smaller but important aspects of the law. And today, let's do that. Let's step back and discuss the judicial process at the local level and what a court appearance might include should some charges lead to that. And, uh, James, you know, I know you're no stranger to the courtroom, so I'm looking forward to having you guide us uh, through the process today. Nice to talk to you. Oh, thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. And I think this is important because it's it's a broad, you know, it's a broad concept. But I think it helps people because it, it, you know, and what to expect going to court and helps you know relieve some anxiety if we can. So this is, uh, I think, a good topic. We, we should jump into it. Well, now a point you've made in in the past is that um, you know there's many instances in which you know court proceedings can be kept to a minimum, maybe even avoided. And as we look at you know some of the the simple charges, uh, some of the things that um, people might get themselves into, does the process always or usually lead to at least some sort of a court appearance? Uh, generally, although there's some, you see your, your uh, very uh, minor traffic offenses with somebody who has no appreciable traffic background will a lot of times be given the option to pay a ticket by mail or go online and pay it and do a traffic safety school avoid a conviction, and also avoid a court appearance. But many, you know, the vast majority of cases, your misdemeanors, your felonies are all going to require a court appearance. And a lot of your traffic cases, if they're serious enough or if, it, if there was an accident or, you know, it didn't have insurance, something like that, there'd be a mandatory court appearance that would go along with a traffic case. And, and let's uh, help me with some terms here. You, you mentioned a court appearance um, want to understand what that is versus uh, a hearing versus a trial. I mean, you, an appearance means that the okay. defendant at least is at some point going to show up, but what, what goes on from there? Yeah, at the very least, somebody was giving a notice to appear in court. There was a, mm-hmm. uh, technically there's an arrest because there was a, a, a bond issued of some kind or and a promise to appear in court by the defendant. A lot of times it would be sure. a motorist, but they're, they're, demand, you know, they're required to appear in court. And that's for the judge to, um, you know, the, verify who the person is and get a plea on the record, guilty, not guilty, so the judge can know how to proceed with the rest of the case. Um, obviously, guilty pleas can be dealt with with sentencing by the judge. Um, if there's a not guilty plea and a trial demand, then that gets us on to the next level. Okay. And, and as we talk about this, um, as a consumer of news, I guess for lack of a better term, 
when we hear stories or see things, there's different references to different courts, various courts. So um, is this what's referred to as a municipal court, a district court? Where do these things happen? Uh, yeah, in criminal cases, they're normally in a district court level. Uh, we're talking state courts, um, so you'd be okay. uh, or circuit court level. So you'd have a circuit court of Cook County, and they have branches around where you have, say, the you know first municipal you know district here. Uh, and it would be in, in in the city. And here in Rolling Meadows, you'd have a third district court, Skokie's second district. So there's different courts spread out that would hear mm-hmm. uh, misdemeanor, felony level cases uh, in Cook County in the circuit court level. Now, you mentioned the court appearance, um, you know, whatever the charges might be, a plea is entered, not guilty, that leads to a further process. So what, what, what happens next in that scenario? Well, after that, you know, that, and that's where the defendant and the lawyer can really sit down and decide how they want to handle the case. Um, is a plea of not guilty, all right? And we'd have to decide, you know, is this going to trial? It obviously is. Are we going to bench trial or a jury trial? Um, Defendants in this country have a right to a jury trial, and you know some facts led themselves to where you want the jury to hear your case, and sometimes you just want the judge to hear it. It could be a technical issue or you know something you know that the, the facts are inflammatory. You don't necessarily want the a jury to be deciding it. So you know there's a lot that can go into the decision of of whether you go to a bench trial or a jury trial, and that's the defendant's right. It's nobody else's right. So. A prosecutor can't make the decision this is going to a bench trial, or a jury, you know, a judge can't make the decision that no, we're not doing a jury in this case. It's the defendant's right, the defendant's decision whether or not to go forward uh, with a jury trial or not. And, and in terms of um, what you would do then in either case to help start to prepare the defendant, your client, um, say, so, all right, we're going to be, we're going to be in in court now here are the things you know you need to knew, know or do or say or don't do or say uh, is there some coaching that goes on from your point of view to get them ready before they walk in there well sure and i mean it, and it's really just the benefit of my years of experience in court and i'm trying to give the, 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 my clients the benefit of that experience um so just some basic things be on time which means be early right a lot of times there's, okay, there's yeah. lines at a courthouse metal detectors that people have to go through and if, you know, if anybody's familiar with airline travel knows how long these lines can be. And the same thing can happen in a courthouse. So you want to be on time, which is, means be early so you can get through the line. Dress appropriately for court. You know, you, 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 your first impressions are important, and you certainly want the judge presiding over your case to have a good, positive first impression. And then be respectful to all. Um, be, courtroom personnel, be respectful. Um, only answer what the judge is asking, the questions the judge is asking. Um, and for the most part, you know, a defendant won't have to speak that much in front of a judge initially other than to identify who they are and or a plea on the record because, you know, they do have a right to remain silent through this process. They don't have to testify in court. They can if they want to, but they don't have to. So a lot of those protections extend through the process of what questions the judge is going to ask in court. Well, that's that's great. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, and uh, that was actually my next question. Let's dig in a little bit as we talk to Lavelle Law Attorney James Dore today. Um, and as you've heard, he's he's relying on several decades of experience in the court system, and each month uh, we've we've built up a lot of experience talking to him on this series as well. You, you can get all these past podcasts and videos and, and much more at LavelleLaw.com. Um, but, but James, uh, when someone is in court, uh, whether it's you know before a judge or before a jury, 
um, do they, uh, under no conditions, are they required then to speak directly? I mean, does a judge talk to them if it's a bench trial, or do they talk to you and you kind of handle everything? Normally, the, the, the attorney, the attorneys will speak to the to the judge, and it's handled all the okay. all the the you know motion practice is handled through the attorneys. But there's there's specific instances where a defendant has to you know he has to identify himself on the record because the judge is entitled. No, is a person before me with the with the name you know James Doerr, Is this really James Doerr appearing before me? So they can ask you, and your name is on the record. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and it, it just. It, uh, if you want to say permission to travel out of the out of the state while you're on bond, you may have to answer some questions about that. But you won't be asked the questions about the the case itself, any, anything trying to probe uh, for answers on the case. The judge will not go into that, and that's whether it's a jury trial, a bench trial. It doesn't matter. The judge still presides over the process, okay? Mm-hmm. But the judge is not going to interfere with that process. Know, to try to get facts out before the trial process. The judge is there to ensure that there's a proper due process is followed in, 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 in providing those trial rights. And we started talking about some of the just minor offenses, things that um, you know require someone to, to face you know some, some charges in court. But but there are also felony, there are more serious charges, or perhaps uh, someone who has uh, been in front of the judge before on similar charges. Um, does your approach and what the experience is like for the defendant change as the either the uh, charges become more severe or if they are a repeat offender in some way? Well, obviously the, the, the stakes are higher, and especially when you get into a felony courtroom or somebody has some criminal background. You know, the, the, the judge will sentence accordingly. So in, in the felony cases are more severe. You're, you're looking at the penitentiary time rather than local jail time, and you know it, there's nothing less than a year. So uh, it, it, this is a, it's a serious uh, charge, and the, and the sentencing reflects that, the potential sentences available. Um, so the judge definitely takes that into account, and, and the courtrooms are conducted, as you can imagine, with the seriousness uh, that it, uh, it takes is, is, is kind of expected in those, in those courtrooms. And if there is a, a uh, jury trial, maybe it goes on for a, a day, a couple of days, uh, in some cases perhaps uh, as the – Defendant is kind of listening to what's going on. Are you encouraging them to, to take notes and to whisper in your ear a little bit about things they hear and see, or are they more, you know, more dedicated to simply sitting still and letting you do what you're supposed to do for them? Take notes? Yes, I encourage that. The whispering in the ear, that's a big no for me just because it's distracting. <laughs> um, okay. If you're in a trial, right, somebody on a stand, and, and the client just wants to say he's lying, right? Well, we kind of already know that, but I, I want to be able to ask some questions to get at that. i got to drive at it. Nobody's just going to admit, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm lying. So mm-hmm. as I'm trying to pay attention, I, I, I've got to pay attention. And, and just the whisper in the ear, he's lying, that doesn't help. So I say, write it down. Give me a specific. Uh-huh. How do I prove he's, he's lying? What's the testimony? So that's why I want an active client listening to this. And then just like a, I would expect a, an associate lawyer, you write it down. You don't interfere. But then it's, you know, when there's a break, because I'll always turn to my client and say, hey, what else? Is there, you know, before I let any witness off the stand. And that's when we can mm-hmm. confer over all the notes. And, I, and I'll know what, what the client's writing down. I can see that while I'm still, you know, cross-examining on, say, that point so that we can get after it. So, yeah, I love an active and involved client. It's a, to me, that that's very helpful. And in, in – sort of planning this, whether it's, and maybe it's going to be a different answer for, again, the severity of the charges, but 
from that time when you make the first appearance before the judge until something is wrapped up? Is it, do you sort of set expectations for your client, say, look, this is going to be a couple of months period or X amount of time? Do you, do you have a sense for what you can lead them to expect? If I can, sure. I try to be accurate with this. Um, it's hard to ballpark sometimes exactly how long a case is going to take. Because I, I end up with cases I think are going to be resolved at a, at a trial, and the, and the case will get continued several times, and it'll be out of my control. So it's hard to mm-hmm. it's hard to ballpark that. And I want to be accurate. So, but yes, I, I can definitely um, demonstrate to the client or tell the client what we can expect as far as what causes delays, why why cases take a while to work through the court. Can we get it done easily? Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly encourage that if that's what the client wants. So, um, you know, all cases are a little bit different. All the facts are different because all the people are different in these cases. Um, but there's a lot of patterns that cases fall into. So if something can get resolved and, it, and it's in my client's best interest to resolve it quickly, we'll do that. But other, otherwise, some cases do take a while to work through the process, and it's just part of the part of um, not letting it get you down because sometimes the process is considered the punishment. We can't fall into that trap. We have to, you know, eyes on a prize as far as uh, challenging something. Yeah, before I let you go, we got a minute or so left here. But again, I've referred to all of us having some concept in our heads of what this is like. Is there any anything we most of us probably don't know about the court process that you you know we think would be worth sharing for us? Uh, the things, the uh, misconceptions we might have, or something that everyone should know before ever encountering this scenario. Well, it ain't always like it appears on TV. Um, <laughs> uh, for instance, uh, somebody's placed under arrest, they expect to be read their, their Miranda warnings right or right. You know, you have a right to remain silent, the right to counsel. They don't have to read that to you. The police don't have to read the, those rights. They, they A lot of times they will just out of habit or on TV. It's, 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 mm-hmm. it's always what happens. But um, it's technically a, a custodial interrogation. So if you're in custody and they want to start asking you questions about what happened, that's when they have to give you those rights, but not okay. beforehand. So that's one of those you'll see on TV kind of things. Um, but, yeah, as you can imagine, watching uh, some trial processes on TV, they'll skip around different parts of a trial. Things are out of order. And as a lawyer, it's driving you nuts watching it on TV. So it's not like it is on TV, but lawyers still got the responsibilities, and you know that, that, that doesn't change. Well, the other thing that doesn't change is we count on uh, Attorney James Doerr every month to join us here in Liberty and the Law, and uh, another great conversation today. So, James, thanks for being with us. Now, uh, I pointed you at Lavelle Law a little while ago. You can look up uh, James' profile page there, download podcasts, read articles, uh, see videos, a lot of information. And, of course, you can always reach um, this uh, outstanding attorney at 847-705-7555 or uh, via a note from LavelleLaw.com. So, uh uh, if you have further questions, uh, this is a guy that can help you out. So thanks very much for listening. Thanks to James Dore for being with us today. And we'll look forward to uh, having everyone back with us for another episode of Liberty and the Law.